Welcome to the Protos Podcast. Today's date is Friday the 13th of August and you're listening to a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the past week as reported by us. This week in the Protos newsroom, we covered the 200,000 Chinese Bitcoin mining machines that don't have enough power to run, looked into a crypto mega heist and an eye-watering money laundering settlement and reported on Lionel Messi's blockbusting new salary that includes a significant amount of crypto. But first, in response to the growing amount of crypto fraud around the world, eight London law firms are joining forces to create the Crypto Fraud and Asset Recovery Network. Their aim is for the members to pool resources to become a global player in digital finance disputes and resolutions. So far, the group includes Grant Thornton, Asset Reality and Raman Ravelli. However, the pool doesn't have enough staff, so the network is looking for new members working in the space. It hopes to eventually host meetings, events and networking sessions and become a hive for best practice and good ideas. Former Justice of the UK Supreme Court Lawrence Collins told reporters in London that the city had always been a financial epicentre, but now the capital was at risk of becoming a centre of international financial crime. He stated that, quote, where there's innovation, criminals are not far behind, adding that the latest example is crypto fraud. The UK's situation with crypto isn't exactly perfect right now. The UK's Financial Conduct Authority conducted a recent report revealing that 2.3 million Brits now own cryptocurrency, while at the same time they highlighted that general understanding of crypto is in decline. According to Action Fraud, the UK's fraud reporting service, crypto scams rose 57% in 2020. Crypto fraud losses rose to £113 million or £157 million, which is up from £106 million in 2019. The UK's finance watchdogs have also been cracking down on crypto fraud where they can. Its advertising standards authority called crypto marketing a red alert priority last month and in a bid to tackle misleading and irresponsible ads, it plans to take a proactive approach using web scraping and AI tools. In June, the FCA outed 111 crypto businesses operating without proper registration. The whole crypto consumerism has been linked to tulip mania. On Tuesday, we cover the Chinese Bitcoin miners who decided to send 200,000 rigs to Canada, only to find that the site that they picked doesn't produce enough power. The Alberta plant was chosen to house the machines, but according to the site's operator, it currently only cranks out enough electricity to run around 10,000. Nevada-based BlackRock Petroleum signed an agreement last month with the Chinese mining firm Optima Mining Host to migrate up to one million machines to three different natural gas-producing locations in Canada. In a subsequent press release in mid-July, BlackRock announced that the first 200,000 Bitcoin miners would soon be shipped over to the Quirk Creek gas plant. Quirk Creek is operated by Caledonian Midstream Corporation, a company that BlackRock had recently bought. Speaking to Toronto-based outlet CBC, Caledonian Midstream's president, Charles Selby, warned that the machines were more than likely going to be too much for the site to handle. However, BlackRock chief exec Zoltan Nagy did hint in a short phone call with CBC that the company would be looking to add more generators to help bridge this gap. 
according to the Cambridge Bitcoin Electricity Consumption Index. Canada housed 3% of Bitcoin's total hash rate in April, up from 0.8% a year earlier. It's clear BlackRock will have to overcome significant obstacles if it's to succeed in importing and setting up the full 1 million mining machines anytime soon. One researcher told reporters that these numbers would mean that the firm would wield close to one third of the world's entire Bitcoin mining capacity and consume 10 to 30 percent of all natural gas produced power in Alberta. Considering the size of the endeavour, BlackRock will also need permission from the Alberta Utilities Commission, something Nagy said the company was looking into. This Utilities Commission must give the go-ahead to any company looking to build or operate a power plant in the province. For years now, Bitcoin miners have looked to set up shop in Canada, but there is a list of logistical issues slowing them down. US-based Bitcoin engineer Brandon Arvanagi told CBC that these companies need lots of land, some substations, internet connectivity and staff equipped with the right expertise. In other words, there's a lot that could go wrong. On Wednesday, we witnessed two pretty hefty milestones. The first was a $100 million settlement between US regulators and BitMEX over money laundering concerns. The second was the DeFi hack worth over $600 million that hit Poly Network. Between these two record-breaking figures, almost three quarters of a billion dollars in value evaporated from cryptocurrency markets overnight. But does it really matter for the broader ecosystem? Nah, probably not. The Commodities Futures Trading Commission announced on Tuesday that a US district court ordered Hong Kong headquartered BitMEX to cough up $100 million, making it the largest settlement in cryptocurrency history. The settlement acknowledged that for over six years, BitMEX failed to implement and maintain compliant anti-money laundering and customer identification programs. It also failed to report certain suspicious activity. BitMEX must immediately pay $80 million, with the remaining $20 million due after regulators finalise reviews. In October last year, the authorities indicted and charged the exchange's top four execs with violating the Banking Secrecy Act, a charge concerned with offshore money laundering. Those execs stepped down from the company, but BitMEX is still online. With this in mind, the fine is a timely reminder that years of flouting regulations tends to attract a slap on the wrist rather than a complete shutdown or seizure, at least for corporate entities. And with $1 trillion in trade volume over the past year and $2 billion moving daily, BitMEX is likely unfazed. Almost simultaneously, a hacker stole about $600 million in crypto from Poly Network, which markets itself as an interoperability protocol for blockchains. The attacker managed to exploit a flaw within the network's code and steal vast sums of stablecoins, including USDC and Tether, as well as Wrapped Ether and Shiba Inu, to name just a few. Stablecoin's chief tech guy, Paolo Ardoino, announced that Tether froze the USDT worth up to $33 million. The hacker deposited some of the USDC on Curve Finance, a liquidity pool for decentralized exchanges, which is now considered lost. While the exact circumstances surrounding the hack aren't yet known, the perp has had a laugh at onlookers by burying messages within transactions made with stolen funds. Poly Network isn't laughing though and has advised the hacker to reach out or face criminal charges. The hacker has since been swayed slightly as $260.97 million worth of crypto, according to chain analysis, has been returned. Despite the funds returned so far, the incident remains the most expensive heist in history. 
Just to get an idea of scale here, the looting of the Central Bank of Iraq in 2003 is regarded as history's largest bank heist. Around $900 million was lost, but most of the funds were eventually recovered. So, if the poly hacker doesn't return the bulk of the $611 million, this seemingly silly DeFi raid could very well be the most successful heist in history. WannaCry, one of the most infamous ransomware attacks ever, was only able to acquire roughly 51 Bitcoin. That's worth about $150,000 at the time, although it's worth more like $2.3 million today. And finally, the world's highest paid footballer, Lionel Messi, is set to receive a portion of his Paris Saint-Germain salary in crypto, specifically a large number of the club's fan tokens as part of his blockbuster welcome package. The Argentinian superstar this week scored the two-year deal with a French club that will reportedly earn him $41 million in annual salary. Beyond this, there's the usual player bonuses, as well as a share of image rights and shirt sales, all of which will net Messi some additional dollars. But to top it off, he'll also see his paycheck boosted by a signing fee rumoured to be somewhere in the region of $30 million. That signing fee includes an undisclosed amount of PSG's own crypto, a so-called fan token. The club has said it will tie Messi with millions of Paris Saint-Germain fans around the world. PSG's marketing pitch for its token goes as follows. It allows supporters to have a say in a number of minor club decisions. These include messaging on the captain's armband, the paint job of the team's boss, goal of the season and other awards. As expected, Messi's signing sent the token's price soaring over 100%. At the moment, PSG's crypto is valued close to $42, up over 220% in the year to date. PSG launched the token in partnership with the budding blockchain project Socios in February last year. But these fan tokens are becoming a more and more lucrative money spinner for many of the world's top football clubs. PSG launched the token in partnership with budding blockchain project Socios in February last year. But these fan tokens are becoming a more and more lucrative money spinner for many of the world's top football clubs. Aside from PSG, the likes of AC Milan, Inter, Juventus and Valencia have also launched their own cryptocurrencies in recent months. But despite the implied monetary benefits or the ability to change bus colours, many fans still aren't sure. When the English Premier League club Leeds United announced its own partnership with Socios last week, the club's supporters' trust criticised the move almost immediately. The trust accused the club of herding fans into a cryptocurrency ecosystem that many are not familiar with. In an official statement, the Leeds United Supporters Trust said, If football chooses to bring unregulated cryptocurrency into the game, we believe that clubs also need to provide education and guidance on the purpose and risks associated. And that's your lot. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode, but we realise there's only so much we can squeeze into a single podcast episode. So if you want more of the stories that matter, check out protos.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Protos podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or any other major provider for more weekly roundups. We'll be back next week. See you then.